It's a good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut. He didn't cut a game. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. And I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local, national, and native news and events. And as you know, Ogama, you know this, native issues are human issues, and human issues are native issues. (laughs) I didn't know if you wanted me to finish it. Just as a heads (laughs) up, everybody, this portion of the show is brought to you by... Uh, MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And this is also brought to you in partnership with the Little Moments Count campaign. You can find out how to support your little ones in the first 1,000 days of life at littlemomentscount.org. Yeah, it's exciting. Again, Ogma. hey, before we get to the news you don't hear anywhere else with Ogma, I just want to like uh, give a quick shout out. It's Pearl Harbor Day and me being an old person, I know a lot of people in my childhood that were in World War II, which was mostly every uh, man uh, and woman and child back in 1941. But this was December 7th, 1941, the attack on Pearl Harbor. And Ogama, I also want to just throw out a big peeny gigi because I have Georgia on my mind after yesterday's election. So um, I'm really uh, grateful. And we can have the Democrats in, and now we have to push the Democrats more progressive now that they're <laughs> they have 51 votes in the in the senate but let's get with ogama with the news that you don't hear anywhere anywhere else uh here's ogama hey buju anim relatives this is ogama ganu i am a, a citizen of the red lake nation in northern minnesota and i have a little bit of news here for you today i wanted to follow up first on some news that we had uh we had on uh um, Elion uh, Farhat, who is the executive director of Take Action Minnesota on, um, was it last Friday, Robert, that we had her join us? Oh, or the days it, melt together, Ogama. All you know the days that. melt together. But we had her on recently in just the last few shows, and uh, she talked about this wonderful um, action that Take Action Minnesota uh, Amazon workers and the Atwood Center and community members uh, held. It was called Workers Rising, and it was uh, at the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Shakopee. Um, and that is, um, or excuse me, it is scheduled at the uh, at the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Shakopee. It's scheduled for tomorrow, December 8th. And as of right now, over 100 community members and Amazon workers are um committing to stage a public demonstration and program demanding immediate action from Amazon to raise uh, pay to fair wages uh, for worker safety, corporate accountability, and climate justice with a public program and demonstration. So um, this is Thursday, December 8th from 4 to 4.20 p.m. uh, starting at the uh, Shakopee Ballroom, and there will be a march to the Amazon facility from there. And about 4.20 to 5.15, there'll be a program and rally. Um, It's MSP1 is the Amazon Fulfillment Center. It's at uh, 2601 4th Avenue East in Shakopee. So any community members, um, grassroots organizations, Amazon workers um, are welcome to come and uh, make their voices heard for these super mega companies and uh, peoples who have had record profits during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic and beyond and uh, are still claiming that they cannot afford to pay their workers a living wage. Also, as a reminder, uh, Amazon does own Whole Foods um, and Amazon Fresh Grocery Stores, which have now opened up in Twin City suburbs. Um, they also own, uh, what is it, your your doorbell app, the Ring app, um, Kindle, yeah. and uh, several other things. So it's, it's really hard to escape Amazon. Um, but there's it, with it being so pervasive in our communities, we should be able to have some accountability from these corporations. Well, right, Robert? Wow, Ogama, not only accountability, but making $70 billion uh, the year of COVID and um, mm-hmm. taking advantage of everyone. Again, let's blow this company up. Exactly. 
So another thing that is local here to the Twin Cities that I wanted to talk about is uh, going to take place uh, the 8th through the 10th at Hocho Kata Tea, which is uh, the uh, Midewaka Tinsu Communities uh, Community Center. It is their annual Wanayetu Art Market. It's a three-day event that's open to the public and features vendors offering Native American art, crafts, jewelry, beadwork, and other handcrafted items. It is supposed to be amazing. I have only heard tale of this uh, wonderful art market, but it just is the three days from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily, December 8th through the 10th. Another great place that you could get some uh, native items uh, is the Native Roots Trading Post, which is located in the Dayton's building in downtown Minneapolis as well. And then if you're not local to the Twin Cities area, but you're still looking to buy direct from native artists for gifts uh, for people for the holiday, you can go over to Indian Country today com and there is an article it's called the virtual holiday market and uh polly Danette claw uh took the time to uh co- create this curate this really wonderful list of apparel uh, marketplaces health and wellness films book and media uh one of which is uh, also local to the twin cities the birch bark books um good minds and native books as well um and some really other uh wonderful people and uh marketplaces and uh, just eighth generation is one that people know uh, beyond buckskin is pretty cool uh be yellowtail i'm a big fan of um manitoba mucklucks has moccasins boots and gloves and all of these have been uh, curated by a native person uh for native people who have arts and there's a couple of her top three i think listed in the article too so special thanks to polly Jeanette claw for uh making my shopping for the holiday season easy as well as uh, Native Roots Radio for doing that with the Native Roots Radio Trading Post or Native Roots Trading Post, excuse me, in downtown Minneapolis. Yeah, um, Ogama, always too, we always remind our allies out there if they're trying to buy Native stuff, make sure they ask the vendor or the person who made this. And if they can't say who made it, it's probably made in China. So support Native artists. Exactly. Support Native artists. It's not appropriation if you go and you buy direct from a Native artist. It's appropriation when you buy from somebody who's non-Native. And uh, by the way, that is illegal too under uh, some federal laws in the United States uh, right now. So keep that in mind. And then, you know, Robert, we're kind of far enough away from the election. I know you just brought up Georgia right at the beginning of the show, but um, the rap on candidates is that there were 85 indigenous candidates that won election on November 8th and took offices. Um, and then that was in 22 states. So that's added indigenous representation to Congress, state houses, courtrooms, local governments, and uh, lots of areas all across the country. Um the record number of indigenous women and judges is now are now on the bench in Arizona, and there's uh, more than 65 indigenous politicians in the state legislature across the country. And that is according to the election analysis uh, that's just come out recently from ICT. So this is really exciting news. I'm really glad that we've got so much representation that is happening, uh, not just for Indian country, but for all humans. Uh, Native people are uh, more than capable of legislating and uh, representing people who are non-Native as much as they are as representing Native people. And I'm really happy to hear that our uh, allies kicked in and helped to vote for our uh, Indigenous elected officials. And uh, I hope they will continue to do so in the future. Uh, Robert, are you going to do any of your Christmas shopping this weekend? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it no, is December Adam. 7th, and I want to remind everybody that the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that the Native American Community Development Institute runs the, um, Robert, what's the name of their art thing? It's escaping me. All My Relations Art. All My Relations Gallery. Thank you so much. They run the All My Relations (laughs) Art Gallery. And you only have until December 15th to see She Who Lives on the Road to War by Rosie Seema's Dance. There are limited in-person performances for this. Make sure you go to allmyrelationsarts.com for tickets to that. Hey, Ogama, what do we got up next here? 
Up next, we are going to hear from uh, Little Moments Count. We're going to have Barb Favor, Shakira Bradshaw, Sandy Simar, and uh, Jenny Moses on. And they're going to be talking about the Great Start for All Minnesota Children Task Force. And again, this is brought to you in partnership with Little Moments Count. We're really excited to be focused or to be collaborating with this statewide collective on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of brain development in the first three years of life. Perfect. Thank you so, so much, Ogama. Great news as always. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why Native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's MNSure.org. MNSure.org. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Yes, this is Robert Pilot, and this episode of Native Roots Radio is presented in partnership with Little Moments and the Little Moments Count. You know, it's good to see you again, Barb, and it looks like you got a, a whole gaggle of uh, friends here that I want uh, to talk about some good stuff here that you guys are doing. And Barb, I want to introduce you and then I want you to introduce our guests and, and take it from there if you don't mind. But Barb uh, Fabre is the CEO of Indigenous Visioning, Visioning and All Nations Rise. She is an enrolled member of the White Earth Ojibwe Nation in Northwest Minnesota and is where she resides. They have internet up there, huh? Ho, oh, just kidding. Uh, she's a pro- she's a proud mother of three grown children and a grandmother to five beautiful grandchildren. Barb has been a lifelong child advocate and has had the honor of working with many amazing people over the years that has guided her to be the person she is today. And I have to say, we're so excited to have you, Barb, on again and um, take it away. Let's see. Unmute. There you go. And then let's get a little test there. How you doing, Barb? Oh, no. Now I can't hear you. Darn, darn, darn. We're going to have to maybe come back and, and, and leave. Um, might, be the, might be the recipe to do that. Um, leave and come back. Hey, so why don't I go down the list here? And uh, Sandy, do you mind uh, taking over for Barb for a second there and uh, and maybe introducing yourself? Um, certainly. Um, so I'm an educator with Head Start and Early Head Start at Families First in Minnesota and Rochester. And I have over 30 years of experience in early care and education field, including focusing on the priorities of health and welfare, children with disabilities, and services for children um, experiencing homelessness. 
Cool. And Jenny, do you mind introducing yourself too? No problem. Thanks so much for having us. I'm a program director with the Minnesota Children's Cabinet. My areas of work focus on child care and early education, educational opportunity, and then housing stability for children, youth, and families. I am previously an early childhood special educator myself and worked at the Minnesota Department of Education before working um, with the Children's Cabinet. Awesome. And Ms. Bradshaw, do you mind uh, introducing yourself? I see you got a nice headset there. You're ready to rock and roll. Oh, <laughs> I am. I've got kiddos, so they're in the background. The headset is the safest way to not hear them. <laughs> well, I am Shakira Bradshaw. I've got two little kids in the early edu- the early childhood education system. Um, I am one of the co-chairs on the task force as well, so I kind of know firsthand from the parent perspective what's going on with uh, child care and the issues there. Hey, can, can you uh, uh, answer me a quick question of how and why was this task force created? Go ahead. Oh, sure. Um, so yeah. the task force was created in a bill from the state legislature um, that the governor signed into law in 2021. And the legislative language that formed the group asked that we address issues facing the early care and education system in Minnesota. Um, and that system is made up of preschool, Head Start, child care centers, family child care, and other, and other early um, learning settings around the state. So like in home daycares as well. Um, our task force needs to submit a, a a draft reports to the governor and relative, relevant legislators by December 15th of this year. Um, and then the final wow. materials are due to them by February of next year. So we're getting close. Hey, Barb, we have Barb back. Are, are you there? Give me a test. One, two, three. One, two, three. You are there. You're golden. All right. I've introduced everyone. Come on back, Barb. Good to see you again. Yeah, bonjour. I'm glad to be back. I was happy to be here and share information what's happening out in Indian country. Exactly. So I just asked a question of how and why was the task force created? And I, I don't know if you want to take that or hand that over to one of our guests. Actually, I'm going to let Jenny Moses uh, answer that one. Good one. Thanks. So I think Shakira just answered about um, how and why the task force was created. Do you want me to tell a little bit about the issues we're working to address? That'd be cool. Let's, uh, let's do that. Awesome. So we're focused on finding solutions for problems facing parents, caregivers, families, and early educators around the state. These problems fall into a couple big buckets, one being affordability, which I think Shakira mentioned earlier, just being the mom of two little ones herself. Um, so we want to figure out how we can make sure that families can afford childcare. Um, as you, many of your listeners know, prices are high across the state and families are really struggling Um, This means that some parents aren't able to work or go to school themselves, and that really hurts our communities. Um, And another bucket of issues that we're working on is this accessibility. So how can we make sure that there is our settings for families to attend um, and send their children to. We're looking at things like cultural competency, transportation, community voice, um, all under that umbrella of access. And then a third piece is the workforce compensation. So we know that the people working with our littlest learners should earn at least a living wage, and that's not a ca- the case for many of our early educators. Um, so we're trying to figure out some solutions there um, and, and making sure that we um, have effective care and education for kids that sets them up for future success. So we want to make this an attractive field for qualified workers. Wow. And I agree. I'm a former high school teacher and, and boots on the ground, Jenny, uh, we're our paraprofessionals and uh, EAs, and they do not get anywhere near a, a cost of living wage. I see you shaking your head, agreeing with me, but we are radio, so we do need to, to speak. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't know the question in there, but definitely feeling yes. We are, we look at all staff that are working with children. So that means, you know, those who are assistants, those who are um, licensed educators, potentially bus drivers, kitchen staff. It yes. everyone, it's it um, impacts the learning and um, care of our children. Absolutely. I was just uh, joking with you. I was hoping you were agreeing with what I had to say because I, I'm going to get off my soapbox now and hand it over to Barb again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yes, it, it's, it, and I know everybody listening probably already knows the struggles that the early childhood field is having around pay, around accessibility, affordability. And it's even um, 10 times more in Indian country. So this task force, um, I'm really honored to be on, on the task force. Um, there's, if you go to the website, you'll be able to see all the members and there is uh, tribal representation on there. And we, um, while we don't represent all tribes, whenever I'm on a committee, I never say that I'm representing all tribes. I am just a tribal voice at the table and bringing information, um, back to the tribes and, so this task force um, is uh, very important and they're, you know, just like any other committee on the state, you know, we really need to help and get involved and have tribal representation um, at the table. So I think um, what I'm going to do now is maybe ask Sandy uh, a quick question. So. How, Sandy, how would you say that um, communities across Minnesota are represented on the task force? Um, well, Barb, um, it's an honor to have you part of the task force too. It really is. So communities, um, uh, we know that all communities of the state are affected by state policies and tribal communities are affected by state policies too. And we really need to have the whole, all the representatives um, have a seat at the table when decisions are made. And we also know that families and communities need access to affordable quality early care and education options offered in culturally comp competent ways. And we're really, you know, we're very aware that tribal governments also play a part of the early care and education system in Minnesota. Tribal governments can license childcare providers Eight of the tribal governments in Minnesota offer Head Start programs, and tribal governments may also be responsible for determining eligibility for the child care assistance program in Minnesota. So representation is important for communities to have a say in recommendations, and we know our work could affect communities across the state, including tribal communities. And I know when they set up the membership of the task force that they were very aware and sensitive to making sure that all parts of the state and different groups would be represented on this task force. Wow, that's awesome, Barb. Uh, really awesome. We got about a minute left here, and uh, maybe you can just touch uh, real quick, Barb, on how important it is, and we'll come back after this uh, commercial break, but how important it is to have our Indigenous uh, uh, people and BIPOC people involved in this. It's critical because, you know, we're, we're all, um, we all have children. We all, our children have the same needs. It doesn't matter the, the color of their skin or where they're located. Um, early childhood and childcare are critical everywhere. That's awesome. Um, any other, uh, we got less than a minute here. Uh, Ms. Bradshaw, how do you feel? You have little ones. It's so important to have a, uh, have representation, don't you agree? I definitely agree. You want to make sure that everybody's voice is heard. There's so many different perspectives and there's so many different lived experiences for people across Minnesota and the different delivery systems for the different providers. So it's it's really important that everybody's voice is heard because the only way that everybody's going to get what they want is if they're all at the table. Absolutely. We talk about the table and bringing up the folding chair all the time on this show. Hey, we're this episode of Native Ritz Radio is presented in partnership with Little Moments, and we're going to take a quick break here and come back with these true leaders of our, our community. This is Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. 
Minture helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's MNSure.org. MNSure.org. I'm getting a big hug from Smokey Bear because before I left my campfire, I drowned it out, stirred it, and drowned it out again until it was cold. (laughs) Visit SmokeyBear.com to learn tips to prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Join Take Action Minnesota and progressives from across the state at the annual People's Celebration on Thursday, December 8th from 7 to 8 p.m. online. The People's Celebration is a beloved tradition that brings together hundreds of progressives from across Minnesota to celebrate our victories and dedicate ourselves to the work ahead. Together, we'll celebrate moms and caregivers who stood up against racism and fear-mongering in schools across the state and honor Minnesota nurses and Minneapolis educators and education professionals who went on historic strikes this year and won major victories through their collective action. And, of course, we'll be celebrating Minnesota's values-aligned trifecta. Voters came together this November to elect people-centered candidates and win triple blue at the state capitol, standing up for our values and expanding what's politically possible so all Minnesotans can afford their lives and live with safety and dignity, no matter our race, gender, sexual orientation, zip code, or income. Ticket sales for Take Action Minnesota's People Celebration ends Tuesday, December 6th. Get yours at TakeActionMinnesota.org. We use technology every day to help manage our lives. Why not use it to help manage your medications? St. Paul Corner Drug offers several free tools to keep you on track while taking your medications. Use our mobile app to quickly order a refill or the Meds on Q application, which turns your smartphone or tablet into your very own personal medication attendant. Email and text messaging options let you know when your medication is ready for pickup, making efficient use of your time. St. Paul Corner Drug, pharmacy the way it should be. Claire Ferreira, president and owner of Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Ever since my grandfather founded Standard over 90 years ago, word of mouth advertising and referrals from our customers have always been important. That's why, after serving over half a million customers, we're proud to have a 4.9 star average rating out of 5 on our online reviews. Check them out for yourself and find out more at standardheating.com. That's standardheating.com. Thanks to everyone who supported AM950 for the last three years. Good news. The AM950 2023 calendar is ready to go, featuring photos I took around Minnesota and important progressive dates. If you sign up to become a member with a one-time $50 membership or recurring monthly membership of $10, you'll receive a 2023 AM950 calendar as a thank you gift. Go to am950radio.com to become a member and receive a calendar. That's am950radio.com. Thank you so much for supporting AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 6, Thursday sunny with a high near 28, and Friday a chance for snow with a high around 33. Cafe Latte is a hot spot for American Eats and house-made desserts in a cafeteria-style setup plus a pizza and wine bar. Cafe Latte believes ingredients matter, so that's why they never use artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. Dine in at the restaurant off Victoria and Grand in St. Paul or place a takeout order at CafeLatte.com. This is Winona LaDuke of Honor the Earth, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, y'all. This episode of Native Roots Radio is presented in partnership with Little Moments Count. And, you know, we're doing a show on the great start for the All-Minnesota Children Task Force, and I have Barb Fabre here with some really cool people here, and we're just having a little conversation about you know, what's happening with this uh, task force and how important it is. Barb, I want to hand it back over to you here real quick, and we'll we'll do some more round-robbing questions. Sure. So, and I'd encourage the listeners to go to the uh, great, great, (laughs) she said, I can't even say, great start for Minnesota Children Task Force website. And to get to learn more, um, and especially maybe in states where they don't have something like this, and you want to bring it to your state and and uh, create something like this, because it's really important to bring advocates together. And there's parents on there, there's stakeholders on there, so it isn't just um, 
a lot of state people um, per se, but it's community members. And so this was created for community members and um, are for communities. And so community members are encouraged to, uh, you know, check it out and check out the website, attend the meetings, um, the monthly meetings. Uh, let's see. Um, and, you know, just listen and you can, you know, uh, raise your hand, you can ask a question, you can offer some suggestions. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that's a great um, point. We got people all over the country listening to the show and the to uh, get you uh, get in touch with you guys and especially get your own task force going because, as you said, it's very important. Ta- task force is where it all starts. Yes, because it's made up community members and and um, policymakers and even legislators are on a lot of the state um, state committees. So your voice is important and um, and heard on these. And you can bring you know situations that affect your family and your community. So um, so Jenny. What would you say that um, how this ta- um, how tribes could learn more about the task force, you know, other than what I just said? Sure. Well, there's a few ways, and you mentioned some of them already, Barb. We have a task force website, which um, holds all of our meeting minutes, all of our materials. So you can look at those recommendations that we brought forward. Um, And so you can, you know, one easy way to find that is just Googling the Great Start for All Minnesota Children Task Force. um, Or we also have a Minnesota Children's Cabinet website that you can link to the task force. You did mention we have just a couple meetings left in the calendar. So we have one on next Tuesday, December 13th at 6 p.m. Or our final meeting of the task force will be Tuesday, January 31st at 6 p.m. They're live streamed, as you mentioned, and all of those links are on the website. You can also, we have an incredible task force coordinator, Hannah Quinn. She, um, you can reach out to her. Um, It's the greatstart.taskforce.mmb at state mn.us. She'd be happy to help set up a conversation, take your comments. Um, And then also, you know, one of the pieces that we're really proud of and looking forward to, and many of us on the screen right now are not new to the early childhood space. So we've been trying to do all these great things together for many, many years. And so we're really looking forward to that final report on February 1st of 2023 and ways that we can use that in our communities and in the legislature and in our work um, to make sure that that we're um, making change for children and families in all communities. Yeah. The, you know, this task force is really unique. Um, I don't recall having, being on committees where it's live streamed and people could join the meeting and provide input and ask questions. I, I don't recall that ever happening in my you know, 30 plus years that I've sat on on committees. So, you know, our uh, governor and lieutenant governor, you know, they, they're um, community minded people. And so, and they listen to this task force. So, you know, they, they get all, they get the information and I'm just so proud of that. And, you know, that, that's rare too, when you have uh, leaders like that, um, engaged in this kind of work and supporting it and giving their staff, you know, pretty much free reign to, to make sure it happens. So I appreciate that. And um, so I want to ask um, Shakira, so what would you say, um, ha- has there been a lot of uh, community input at the meetings? Do you feel that's being uh, well used? It's it's so new. Yeah, I mean, I know that we did a bunch of, um, and by we, I mean the my fellow co-chairs did a bunch of outreach um, community listening sessions. We did a, I think like three or three or four of them over the summer and a little bit in the spring, just to get kind of more of a community perspective. So we heard from a bunch of providers that weren't currently on the task force to kind of get another perspective. I think there was one parent who tuned in, but a bunch of people from different delivery systems tuned in so we're able to get their perspective and then for the parent aspect I have a few friends that are really looking forward to 
our um, recommendations becoming public and our report in February so that I'm able to share with them so they can share with their friends to kind of get their legislators um, behind it because as long as there is community input and community voice behind it, they'll look at it a bit more intentively than if we just give them a report. Wow. Absolutely. And, you know, this is, again, this is new. So, you know, and I hope that um, community members take advantage of that opportunity to provide their input and read the recommendations and respond to them and let, let us know what your thoughts are. And um, so that, it, because it really matters and that's what this task force is all about. So, and, <clears throat> you know, I wanna also mention that uh, like this task force, Little Moments Count, um, who is our sponsor, I, you know, this has never really happened either before um, that I know. I'm aware that they support um, shows like this and yeah. that are, that hit almost all Indian country, which I absolutely love. And so, you know, we're giving information um, thanks to Little Moments Count. And if you go on their website and um, check out their resource page, it is loaded with great information for parents, for, for um, caregivers, for, you know, uh, just a lot of information. I was on there this week pulling some things from there for our, for our work. But um, so I really encourage you to visit the two websites, get involved. And um, yeah. So Robert, how how do you think, um, what's your thoughts when you first heard about the Minnesota's well, Children's Task Force? I just want to like bring up the fact that what you brought up uh, was that it's so important, uh, you know, the governor and lieutenant governor, and especially having Peggy as, uh, as lieutenant governor, Peggy Flanagan here in Minnesota, uh, because there are a lot of things that are happening for us natives and BIPOC communities that normally wouldn't happen because we've been underrepresented for, for upper underrepresented for so long. So I, I just want to amplify that again, uh, Barb, because I think that's really one of the things that's really important in in these past elections and against <laughs> Georgia. You know, last night um, these are things that. Uh, that are good for us. And, and we are out there voting and getting people in that are, are like-minded or at least people that will listen and maybe change their mind, Barb. Yeah. I, I don't recall again, that this, this type of um, uh, task force and where it's all, a lot of it is based on, you know, input from stakeholders to, to help drive the, the policy changes, you know, I mean, that's huge. Uh, Jenny, do you want to say anything more about that? Sure. I think, you know, I just want to appreciate um, how um, new and different this work is. So it's a 37 person task force. So we got lots of folks giving input there, but also going out and, and speaking with stakeholders and understanding that. And, you know, as you've all mentioned, we, as part of our work named very early on that we wanted to be especially thoughtful around historically disenfranchised communities and centering that as part of our recommendations so that we can make a big difference. And some of the ways that we think we can make a big difference is having a family benefit system that would allow families in Minnesota to pay no more than 7% of their income on childcare. So they're paying way more than that now. How do we make this more affordable? We want to make sure and return to that idea about compensating those those who are leading and educating and caring for our youngest Minnesotans um, so that they have a living wage and, and access to benefits. We talked a lot about simply being able to take a day off when you're ill or need to be away and thinking about how that partners with that compensation piece. And then providing funding to programs that allow them to pay workers fairly, set rates for families, and provide that quality experience for children and families. So we're really trying to make a big difference for our littlest Minnesotans. Wow. You know, uh, you guys, I'm wondering if, because we're going to be uh, running into a hard break, if we could, uh, in another in another two minutes, if we could all come back in the last segment and just give maybe a quick uh, 
a quick t- uh, 30 seconds uh, to two minutes just to pitch about this again because we're we're seeing here on online uh, in Facebook and YouTube that, uh, you know, like Lori put, this is very inspiring perhaps. Uh, it can help spread the word to other tribal nations in new areas. She's really interested, and thanks for the for the leads. Uh, these are the kind of things that Native Roots really, really loves to support. So maybe we can do that when we come back uh, in a minute here. So, Barb, you got the last minute here, and then we'll take a break. Sure. Um, yeah, it, you know, this is so this is a trend I'm, I'm seeing that more and more states are creating um, opportunities like this. And and it's so important that uh, we we if you're an employer to allow your employee be on statewide committees. Um, I know it's a time commitment, but your voice is so critical and so important. And so please, um, you know, think about getting on your state uh, statewide committees. Your voice is heard. They want you there. And um, it's it's powerful and impactful. Great way um, to take the break. So hopefully everyone can stay on uh, just one more uh, quick segment and get and speak their truth and. So we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show? How about we go to Jay Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul. They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable. I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret. You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jselbys.com. Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at Jay Selby's tonight. I'm hungry. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, uh, this portion is brought to you by Hauling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh, oh that was lame, you guys. There's five of us. Are you ready? Protecting wolves for future generations. Forgot to take my mute button off. (laughs) Happens all the time. Hey, this episode of Native Roots Radio is presented uh, in partnership with Little Moments Count. And I'm here with Barb and Barb's with uh, Indigenous Visioning. And we we have these cool guests on here. Uh, Barb, I just would like uh, maybe you could have our guests go around Robin here and just... uh, 
speak their truth and um, and then maybe end up just uh, how we can get more information, uh, Barb. You're muted again. That that pesky little mute that, button. <laughs> that howling knocked me. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> knocked me off course here. I got all right. excited. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just if um, you are want to learn more, you know, go to the the website. You can see the the meeting minutes. You can look at the slides, look at the notes. So get get caught up and attend the last two meetings. So Jenny. Um, can I get you to maybe say um, a few few uh, recommendations or thoughts or um, whatever you want to say about the task hey, force? Don't Absolutely. swear Barb's not me a long time. I thank my grandma for this young looking face, but I've been working in early childhood for a very, very long time. Um, and just want to um, express gratitude here to being able to enjoy this opportunity with all of you so that we can reach more Minnesotans. I think that is something that I also um, feel really passionate about in this work is that we are connecting with those, and Shakira mentioned it as well, that have lived experience and, and really developing our recommendations to make sure that we can make a big difference for all Minnesotans. Um, and I you know, just wanna also say, this is a different way to do our work. And I've really enjoyed the opportunity to be able to dig in the, in this very large task force and bring a lot of important voices to the table. And I feel really excited about the ways that we can move forward. So I'm just, you know, can't wait for that final report to come out and think about all the ways that we can have partnership um, to do things, to do good things for kids and families. So thank you for having us here. Yeah. Thank you. And Barbara, uh... That's uh, why don't we go with the teacher here? Uh, have Sandy come in and speak uh, speak her truth here at the end. Okay, well, um, you know what I'm really excited about is that this task force has worked so hard and so thoughtfully, um, collecting information from all over the state, and if we're able to implement the task force recommendations, communities across the state, including tribal communities would see some major changes in access and, afford and affordability to early care and education. We all know that, that our children are our future. And this, if these recommendations do end up um, being implemented, it is gonna make a big difference, not only for the children and their access to care and continuity of care with teachers who stay with them because they're getting a livable wage but also to families who won't have the huge burden of childcare expenses in order for them to pursue their work and education. So I'm just really thrilled about um, the future of Minnesota because of this task force recommendations. Wow. That that's well said. And uh, Shakira, any uh, final uh, thoughts here? It's kind of hard to come behind that. Thanks, Andy. Um, I guess I would just say just the importance of it across the state and across different communities. If we're able to do this, we can make it affordable for parents. We can make it so that they have a choice and that choice doesn't take away from them and where they get to send their child, if they get to send their child and if they're able to go to the workforce or not. Like we're able to make it so that it's affordable. Only 7% of your gross income would go towards um, childcare. The rest of it would be paid by other funding streams. Like That would be detrimental. I mean, it I can't even imagine not even paying only that much. And then on top of that, you have the thing with providers would be more consistently in their place. You wouldn't have a lot of changes. You wouldn't have children thinking that their provider leaving is their fault because the day before they had a bad day. Like I've had that with my own son. He's like, oh, well, miss, blah, 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 left. Well, it was because I was naughty that day. And it's like, no, it's not. They just don't get paid enough and they should be paid a lot more. Everybody should be given a livable wage. And you think about all the things that these providers do for our children. It's just ridiculous that they don't already. So I'm really hoping that a recommendation are considered and that they're implemented so that things are affordable and so that they have a livable wage. Wow, Barb, a lot of really good guests today. Um, maybe a, a quick uh, rundown. We got about three minutes left here. and Just a, just a quick rundown maybe of the website and uh, how people can reach out all over Turtle Island and see what you guys are doing with this task force that uh, sounds so exciting. Sure. 
check out the, the website. It's on the Minnesota um, Children's Cabinet website. It's the Great Start Children's Task Force. You can read about the task force, see the membership. You can listen to the virtual listening sessions. You can see uh, all three years of the meetings. You can see what the priorities are. Um, and you can see the PowerPoints and the, note, the notes that went with them. So you can get a lot of information and, you know, it's there to share, um, you know, share it with your neighbors. And again, it's, it's to support our Minnesotan early childhood field and, and safe places for our kids and, and compensation that's livable. Um, you know, we have a lot of, childcare providers who are licensed with bachelor's degrees and you know they could probably go to a mcdonald's and make just as much so right. you know and that's not fair especially you know when a child is in childcare full-time they're they're with that childcare teacher provider more waking hours than their parents so how yeah. critical is that person so they should be well compensated they don't receive the benefits that you know any uh, usual uh, typical employees get um, they don't get prep time they're you know there from uh, five days a week year-round you know starting at six o'clock in the morning and going probably till six o'clock at night and so you know they need this support so if you feel uh, strongly after reading about this you know come to our next meetings and and let us know what you're thinking and, and how you support and talk to your legis legislators about this. Um, it's really, really critical. It's good to see you, Ogama. Yeah. Her, she's got uh, laryngitis, I think. Uh, no, no, I just, I don't know what's going on with my throat. Uh, after my first segment, I just can't seem to get it like wet enough. Um, <laughs> but if I might, uh, as a parent, my favorite part about this uh, Little Moments Count campaign is their Think Small texts. So if you text uh, LMC for Little Moments Count to 70138, and then they'll ask you what your preferred language is. You can pick English, Spanish, uh, or Somalian, and they will send you three texts a week with really great ideas on how to connect with your child, and they're all age-specific. They'll ask you the uh, birth date of your child so they know the age. And they now just switched over to be able to offer that in Dakota. Um, so you can text TS for Think Small and then DAK for Dakota to that same number, 70138, and then select English. And they'll help send you a Dakota Ayapi Think Small parent-powered text. And these are like really a godsend um, during the week. You know, you kind of get sucked into the everyday monotony. And um, when you get those little texts, it's just a reminder to tell you, hey, connect with your little one. Make sure you're doing those things and giving you ideas so you don't have to think about it yourself. It's really an awesome program. Wow. What a great way to end the show. Thank you so much, Ogama. I know that was painful. And uh, I want to thank the guests and Barb for bringing their truth and what great work you all are doing with this task force. Again, thank you so, so much for stopping in. And I hope we can do this again real soon. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be seeing you tomorrow. Everyone give away. ho Free Leonard Peltier now.